0: And we're live. Welcome to the Symphony Podcast. Today we got Sun Green joining to talk all things uh, fitness, health. I don't know. What else are we going to be talking about, Sun? I'm going to kick it right over to you. You introduce yourself, man, and Matthew, you're here as well.
1: Right right away. What's up? So my name is Sun Green. Um, This is actually my first podcast I've ever done, so this is really exciting too. Um, A little bit about myself, I'm just... It's funny when people try to identify with something or they put me in a category of something, it never really I don't feel like I resonate with one thing enough. Um, I do a little bit of surfing. I run, I bike, I swim. So like I kind of do triathlons and I'm kind of a triathlete. But at the end of the day, for me, it's just I like to I like to do things. And that usually has to do with being in the outdoors with other groups of people um, paddled outrigger canoes for a quick hot minute um and yeah so i'm just somebody who really does embody just trying to be outside be as healthy as i can and i mean matt has seen the pictures i went to school with matt back in the day and um went from this chunky little kid to now just doing my thing and being as healthy as i've probably ever been in my life so
2: yeah, even, even before we started this conversation, when Kyle was asking me, he's like, all right, give me a little bit of background on Sun. And I immediately rattled off like six or seven things in a, that were all like very different from each other. But I think that's like one of the reasons that I've, I've felt drawn to you and I have really enjoyed our friendship just because you do have such a wide ranging list of things that you're passionate about and excited about. and um, And it is like a variety. And one thing that we talk about on the show a lot is kind of just like that exact, Concept is just like having a balance of activities that are all life giving um, and allowing you to live from this place of happiness and health um, and feeling fulfilled with what you're doing. So, it's I'm sure we'll have time to talk about all of these different things you're involved in now, but I would be curious uh, to know if that's something that you feel like came into your life as you got a little bit older, or is that something that you've taken with you from childhood? Like, have you always been super interested in? a wide variety of things, or was there a time
1: in your life where you were kind of like specialized in one thing or another? Yeah, I definitely was specialized at one point. Um, I grew up a swimmer playing water polo. Um, and then it's funny, besides that being the sport thing, um, talk about variety, I also grew up classically trained in music. So I've like played violin for 14 years. I still have it. I'm not great, but it's kind of like getting back on the bike. Um, Uh, So I went to school for music for the longest time, ended up going to school for that. And then I also was just heavily involved in swim. And so I always did something, swim practice, water polo, whatever it was. And then honestly, in college, all I cared about because I ended up going into kinesiology, health and wellness, things like that, that really helped to trigger a lot of just human performance. Um, learning about this is like when the word biohacking was first coming out, like people were like biohacking and learning what that was and trying to utilize and optimize every couple of percent here and there. And it was just so interesting how I know for myself, you know, I've grown up kind of being a little bit bigger. And then now finding being like a healthy lifestyle is probably one of the biggest thing that has just changed my life overall. It's not like a diet. It's not only running. It's not only doing this or that um it's finding that this variety of things is actually what helps keep me like mentally sane but also in the health that i do have i get really burnt out at this point if i only do one thing so if i'm only biking like i'm gonna get burnt out real quick if i'm only running i'm gonna get burnt out same with surfing and so i have a little calendar up in my room that every single day i do something i mark it so that that way i know what i'm doing and i can see if my thoughts and like what I've done has matched up, because I'll feel burnt out and then I'll look back at it and be like, oh, wow. Yeah, well, I've been doing this four or five days in a row and nothing else. Like that makes sense. Let me go do something different. That's really interesting
2: is like tracking the physical things that you're doing with kind of the, the mental
1: patterns that you're noticing throughout the week. Is that something right. that you do pretty consistently. So I would say I got back into it just recently again, but for the entire year of 2021, I did that like I have a picture of every single month with all my different things it's like the dry erase boards that has three different colors so like my running is red just cuz it was like rr biking was blue and then like gym or something else was green so it literally was like rbg and then i it would just be cool to see both visually with like the numbers so if i ran a distance i'd write that versus the colors and then i'd be like oh well i need to mix it up more like some days you see it's only green you're like yeah, because I'm inside in the gym all day. I'm not getting any sun. I'm not, like, doing cardio, too. And I'll feel that physically and mentally. So change it up.
0: I love the direction that you took it early here, son. The two things that I just <laughs> want to, like, reiterate. One is I love how you jumped right in to embrace this, like, broad identity as a human being. We talk – everyone talks about this, but, like, how you identify in this – uh in this very, like, right-brained world, I'll put it, is, like, super important. Like, the words you put in your bio, are you a this or a that, or, like, uh, anytime you're starting something new or, like, getting into a new area, it's, like, overwhelming to start calling yourself that thing. So, like, when I hear you say, I am a triathlete, but I'm also a surfer and I'm also this, like, uh, I just, I think that's like an, a mentality that just serves like happiness and, and a good balanced life, which is what this podcast is all about, man. So yeah. And then the second thing, like making, making your lifestyle or making like your fitness more of a lifestyle, making it more fun, bringing like games, like kind of that. Like, I've talked about like making like gamifying stuff that like isn't necessarily fun. So like if you're working and editing, we do like, I'll talk about this thing, the Pomodoro technique where you start a timer for 25 minutes. You work focused for that 25 minutes, then you take a five-minute break. You make a game out of something that otherwise would be pretty mundane. And uh, yeah, that's that's another, like, that's something that I've found too, is like I've kind of let go of the, like, fitness in the gym aspect, and I still definitely will get in there once in a while, but having a balance of bouldering, climbing, uh, you know, running, biking, all that stuff. So really resonating with what you're saying early on, man. I, yeah. I would love to jump in and ask you about, starting something from nothing with this run club and just in general, like uh, Matthew asked you if if you were always, you know, driven and curious. And it sounds like the answer is yes, but also how did you have that vision? When did you start building that community? Talk a little bit about that process.
1: Yeah. So with run clubs specifically, I think that was just like a culmination of all these things that I do Um, because anytime I, work towards one goal. So say it's like a triathlon. So I did like my first half Ironman. The question was always like, what's next? And then that what's next would, would always lead me into wanting to be like a beginner at something more or less. Um, just because I was actually having this conversation with a friend today, having that beginner mentality of saying like, oh, I am so fresh and new to something where I can like check my ego completely to the side and not feel like I'm not performing like I should be. You know i think that's one reason why sometimes people in the gym don't like going to the gym because they were consistent at one point in time and then they get back to it and they're like what the heck i can't do what i used to do and so that's kind of demoralizing and that segues all into run club because i was biking i was doing things and i was on a huge huge major like fitness kick back in 2020 during lockdown and um i was the fittest i had ever been and I would say within 2021 I started biking more doing different things and I lost that running fitness. Um, So I did an event and then I was like, what's next, finished that event. And that what neck what's next actually ended up being an ultra uh, ultra marathon. And so it was a 50 K trail marathon, that trail ultra, it was like 32 miles. I think it is. And, um, the group of cyclists that I bike with, I just, I got a couple of people who are interested in running and, I literally went to their house or they came to my house at 530 in the morning and we would drive to a trail all over San Diego County from like Mission Hills to Oceanside to Rancho Penasquitos, wherever it's like we our radius was about one hour any direction and we would just run. And so that started with just me and one girl, Maddie, and then it turned into like a group of four and we would only meet once a week and we kept it fun. We kept it novel because trail running, unlike road running there's a lot less ego to it it's like it's fun right so making it a game again and we would switch the trails that we would go to every single week to again keep it fresh keep it ready and like something that we hadn't experienced before and we're all doing it together um fast forward that was like back in august or september of last year so 2021 and then we fast forwarded to january of 2022 is really when like Postal Run Club became social uh, social media official kind of. Um, I just saw that there was a need for you know young, healthy adults that already surf and do these broad ranges of things to have a place to come together and then just like continue to grow that community and really, really since that every single week. I have almost said it to I've said it to my partner. I've said it to a bunch of different people who are looking to join. I don't think there's been a, like one week since we started where there hasn't been at least like one new face. And I think that's the coolest, coolest part is people are hearing about it one way or another. And then they're just showing up and taking a chance because like we're a social group. It's not like we're not super intense. It's nothing like that. And we're super welcoming. Everybody's really kind. And that just helps break a lot of barriers. And closer on Cleve, I mean, like I love it. We had a great time. We had our first pool party this past weekend and stuff. So just good things
0: coming pool party heck yeah
1: (laughs) yeah we had like 75 people or something or like 60 70 people it was cool wow
0: yeah coming out of the pandemic uh i'm sure you know that's a need that arose and became very obvious to people that community and that connections became more precious and valued than ever before yeah
2: yeah, and you guys keep it about fun, which kind of reminds me of what Kyle was – I mean because every time I see the posts from the runs you guys do, the, the posts you put up on IG, it's just like everyone's jumping around and like dancing and just like <laughs> running and talking to each other. And I think that's so important too because it's like you take something that when most people would hear on the surface level, it's like, oh, we're, we're going to meet up and run. Like that doesn't sound like that enjoyable of an experience, especially if you're not like fitness minded, you would be like, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to pass on that. But then when you make it about community and when you make it about connection and having fun and laughing and just like being welcoming, like what you were talking about, like, I think that's a huge barrier to entry too is exactly what you were saying of like, Oh, well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep up or I don't know if I'm going to be able to perform at the level that I can. And so, Um, it's just that like, it's, it's almost like that invitation to have that beginner's mind, like what you were talking about. And it's like, that is such a warm place for people to be and they want it and it just feels good. And then they're actually willing to do something that's good for them because they feel comfortable there, which is like a really cool thing. So I I applaud that a lot. I think it's really cool. Um, and then also it's just interesting too talking about that, like barrier, of entry to anything that's new. And like, I feel that I felt that even in my later life, learning how to surf, it's like, that's kind of an intimidating place to try to step into. If you don't have any prior knowledge or experience with it, um, just because you're, ro- you're worried about like, you're not going to be having the proper etiquette out there. You're going to run into people. You're going to get tossed off your board, like whatever. There's a million. There's, different so, things much. There's about. So, so much, so much, yeah. so much. Um, and so it's like having those groups of people who can kind of like gently bring you into that world into a space where you can enjoy it for yourself is like a really, really cool thing, which actually transitions me to the next thing that I wanted to talk to you about, uh, which is very similar to that concept with, uh, Unmar de Colores with the surfing. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I would love for you to kind of like introduce what that is and your role within that. Um, and just kind of like what drew you to that in the first place as well.
1: Yeah. So Unmar de Colores is like this little nonprofit that one of my friends started, Um, he is Mayan Mexican and it's, so the the name of the organization means like one ocean touches all shores. So it's really about really just including, including underserved youth. So it's a lot of minority groups. Um, and for me personally, I've only been surfing for about, I don't know, five years or something. If you were to see me, you'd think I'm like Polynesian straight from Hawaii, like, like what am I doing? you know but you're a great I'm surfer not, though for five I, years I'm you're a good child like an immigrant. Um, I grew up swimming and doing all these things, but I never had a past or an upbringing that actually helped me learn how to surf like I swam I swam my entire life, but the first time I ever tried to even get on a surfboard was probably during college and so slowly over time, like my partner, she was the one who helped introduce me and like taught me a bit and when i get into something especially from that beginner's mindset this was probably one of the most humbling things is like learning how to surf because you can be in good shape you can be an amazing swimmer you can do all these things but surfing is going to put you in your place so quickly because there's so much to know and so much to learn over a slow amount of time and so now unmar with these kids i think our youngest is probably like six or seven and then our oldest right now is 11. And so we're with these kids. It's it's um, We have a group of anywhere from like 10 to 15 volunteers each time. And we call these surf fiestas. But it's basically that introduction to the ocean, to surfing, to whatever it is, things that you don't know. The way I see it is we are like a guide to allow yourself to explore something that you've never tried before because the situation or your family or whatever didn't have that. And me being somebody who has also grown up that way like a big big part of my life is just continuing to pass it forward and you know i did a little post like pass it forward because anytime i learn something from someone else it's like everybody has a teacher there's there's a saying in like sports performance and and in music like everybody should have somebody that's better than them because that's the way you get better right um so unmar is a really cool thing uh we're with these kids for two years like i said and i'm still in contact with my little bro from our last go around. This is only year three. So it literally is like having siblings that I never had. I'm an only child. So I I definitely enjoy being a part and being like a positive influence in, in these kids' lives. Yeah, that's probably a pretty awesome
2: experience too. Like seeing like seeing the joy that it probably brings those kids as they're like standing up on their first wave and like I'm sure you probably see a, a pretty large spectrum of, like, maybe fear at first or definitely a little bit of, like, tentativeness to probably just, like, these beaming smiles that are just, like, right. amazing to see. Yeah. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah. So, okay. So you have the Run Club. You got Surf, marta colores. Yeah, where do you make you money, own- dude? <laughs> well, I was going to say, I know that he's, I know he also has the real estate stuff going on too, nice. so I, yeah. I wanted to ask about that and just kind of like paint the full picture of like what your day-to-day, right. week-to-week situation looks like, because there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on.
1: There's a lot of stuff going on, and honestly, so I'm a realtor, I've been doing this for about a year, a little more than a year and a half now, so I'm fresh to it, Um when I went to school, I ended up getting a degree in kines. I went into like health and wellness, physical therapy, and um, did that for a handful of years. Left the country, came back because of COVID. And so mm. we were, my girlfriend and I, we were traveling and we're like, okay, well, now I'm here and I have to figure out what I want to do. And I think one of the biggest things I took away from just the traveling and such was I wanted autonomy because there are so many things I want to do, both professionally, both personally. Like my hobbies are like my life, you know? between all the different communities that I'm a part of part of. Real estate was one of those things that helped allow me to have that freedom. It's like freedom within constraints, but enough so that I can go and still do the things that like make me happy. So, you know, I didn't want to work that the nine to five, whatever type situation like I'd been there, done that, you know, working for a startup, you do a lot. And so I knew that I was capable of doing a handful of different things. And um, just like when anybody doesn't specialize, you just become a jack of all trades. And I feel like being a real estate agent, it's it's good that you know how to do a lot of things rather than just only being good at doing one thing. So um, been doing that, and yeah, that's that's kind of how I got into it. I, I always knew I'd get into some type of like person-to-person business just because that's what I thrive off of, like. i'm the biggest hype man like you could probably meet like if, if you're in my corner like i'm cheering for you all the way like and yeah so it's been a good time so far
0: that's beautiful i love the comment on that you were actively seeking a living or life that's more autonomous and i think a lot of people felt something of a I guess I'll say, like an opportunity to reassess your values during COVID. And it sounds like you guys did that by getting out of here. My partner and I also left the country for four months at the end of 2020 because it was just like, why are we paying $1,700 a month for rent in a city where everything's closed and we can work remote? Like it was just a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, And Ours was
1: almost the opposite, which was the crazy part because we were traveling... We were traveling and came back because of that. Oh, her. I see. That, because, was me,
2: that was me too. I see.
1: Yeah, like we had no idea what was going on. Like we came back on March 1st of 2020. Okay. Like the next week it was lockdown. We were in the Philippines and we're like, got a phone call from mom and she's like, Hey, it's time to come home. And we're like, what are you talking about? Crazy, dude. Yeah. And then borders were shutting down so we're like all right let's let's get out of here (laughs) yeah
0: yeah man that's okay so i've mis misread misheard but uh it sounds like nonetheless my my question's still gonna stand of like how did how did the covid pandemic impact your like assessment of what you want to do with your life or did it or was it just coincidental that you kind of realized you wanted more autonomy
1: um i think it just played into the thought of me already wanting to go into a work where I work for myself. I kind of had that realization when I quit my old job back mid 2019. um, And it just reaffirmed it once COVID was around, because I did start doing little side gigs, like I have a bit of a creative design background. So I started doing like freelance marketing for different companies, like I would reach out to functional health professionals and different people and do web design and this and that. And I was like, wow, you can one of the craziest things about real estate, especially after I did my first transaction was you create business like almost out of thin air. Mm. And when, when you do that, the one time it's like, I have information that everybody else that's a realtor also has access to. And then you do all these things and somehow the culmination of it all coming together, then it's like, Oh, there's like, there's some money. And like, that's kind of empowering because it, it really is an entrepreneurial job. You can create something out of nothing if you really put yourself, And focus on it and um that has just been a huge mindset boost to know that that can happen and at this point with my old job as well i'm like if i really wanted to do something there's no reason why i couldn't and couldn't be fairly successful at it
2: it's a great attitude yeah that beginner's mindset i feel like that transfers over into career stuff too like it's and then once Seriously. you get a little taste of that, you realize what is possible and then it becomes addicting, kind of like what you were just saying. Like once you realize what's possible, you don't want to stop. And so you just keep kind of pushing, yeah. chipping away and getting involved in new stuff. And I don't know, I that's a great mindset to take to not only like physical practices, but career practices and kind of just everything in
1: life. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the reasons why with the Run Club, I felt like it has grown the way that it has is because a lot of people who are just coming back into it or whatever, I knew what it did for me. Right. And so every single time somebody shows up, like I am going to be introducing myself to you just because I want to make sure people know that they feel included. And I am I, good with names and mm. I can remember people's names and maybe like a fun fact, like where they're from or this and that. And then the job from there is to connect them to somebody else who has a similarity. And then you're almost like immediately like you're bound to have met at least one other person. And I've recently started this thing where before we go out on our runs, um, that I'm like, make sure that you introduce yourself to one person that you haven't met before. Mm. And whereas I know everybody individually for the most part, I always forget that they don't know each other and other people aren't as like willing to just go up and spark conversation the way that I do. Cause I'll talk to a brick wall.
0: <laughs> Same dude. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, um, just about like what you're maybe like, dude, obviously like lots of good stuff going on. So uh, I'd love to ask you, and I know Matthew kind of li- led to it, but just around mental health and the connection between career, what you're doing with your life, the community that you have around you, the the lifestyle that you have and like your mental health. Um, so has there been a big challenge that you faced in that in that area, mental health wise in the last couple of years? And could you, you share a story on that? Or, or are you just
1: yeah so i mean yeah no i i get what you're saying um everybody has their thing everybody has their story and mine is probably for a different time in terms of like the specifics of what happened but you know everybody struggles and has their problems when they're a kid and those things definitely led with me for quite some time and even till now you know things still occur and come up in your mind and you think about it and stuff but for me um I finally like started seeing a therapist and doing all these other things. But I always knew that I'm probably my most self-limiting factor. Like I am my biggest limitation. I know that. And because like we're kind of talking about these other things, I know that if I get the help I need and can be that advocate for other people to also get the help that they need, whatever it is, if it's seeing a therapist, if it's just talking with a friend or whatever, Um, that means so much to me that I definitely make sure I carry that in with everything I do. Um, I was just talking about run club and how I introduce every single person uh, or introduce myself at least to them. It's because, you know, growing up the chubby kid and like doing all these things, whatever, I was also an only child to a single mom. Like I was by myself all the time. And so acceptance is a huge thing that's for me. And I think that a lot of times people will, judge or whatever and never give people the benefit of the doubt and i've been on the receiving end of that and it sucks so that's why it's such a huge and important thing for me that everybody that i associate myself with and call like a close friend or something like that is also like genuinely a good person you know i know that sounds like it's an obvious thing but when you grow up and like had the mental space and such that i did especially growing up i was for sure a people pleaser like to the point where it was like i was unhappy you know all different types of things, whether it's personal, whether it's professional, like I would just, I would do it whether or not like it made me happy. And then I'm the one who's left with like the baggage of it. And it wasn't really until you start taking those small steps to take care of yourself. And then slowly over time, you see that like compounding and like being more self-confident in all these things and like, and not having imposter syndrome in different situations too was like such a thing when I'm like, okay, like you deserve this. Like it's, you're enough. You know, you hear that all the time, like you're enough, but that's something that I remind myself of um, through real estate. And then through some of the other work that I do too.
0: Dude, thanks for sharing. I think a lot of us men, especially just bottle stuff up, especially from childhood. Like if you never go through the emotions of feeling it and you have the natural instinct as a human to just like put those barriers up. Like if you, I was just listening to someone else talk about this, like feeling neglected from your parents. It might not sound like, um, not that this was what you're saying happened to you, but like they were talking about how it wasn't trauma, like capital T, like something brutal happened to them, but just that like lack of, uh, attention to them as a child really wore deep on them. And, I mean, I know for sure I haven't processed all the pain and trauma from my childhood. So to hear you talk openly about it, dude, it's a reminder that it's a priority to uh, try and feel that stuff. And uh, I think, no, I didn't tell you this, but I got fired a week and a half ago. And like, I'm just trying to utilize this time as like reflect, analyze, like really try and grow. Because when you're just so focused on stuff for such a long time, that that personal growth can slip. So, dude, thanks for the the reminder there.
1: Absolutely. I think, like you said, a lot of guys need that reminder. And it's so funny because um, I would say like, I don't have like a platform. Right. But in social media, like real estate, I have to post about work stuff. And then like the other side gig is like I do some modeling and commercial acting and the people that reach out to me and I talk about mental health with that stuff all the time, too, because like. When I when I think of myself versus like what other people see is very different. Right um people see this version and that also because it is just social media but when you're when you're going out and about most people do have a front and i feel like it's just like it's nice to always hear from somebody else that they're going through things too like you never know what else people are dealing with but i genuinely genuinely believe that that is a thing and that's one of the reasons why i like try to make sure to give people the benefit of the doubt because you don't know if they're having a crap day you don't know if they lost somebody you don't know if this is like the worst day of their life and, like, until you're proven otherwise, there's no reason why we should feel like we're better than others or that we should, like, put people down or not include them in certain things. Yeah. Um, and I'd say from the things I've posted on social media about, like, mental health, it's so freaking cool and so surprising at the same time that my guy friends that have reached out to me do. You know, like, oh, yeah. I would never think this person or that person or this person, I'm like... It's probably the same as, like, when I say something about it. People are probably like, what the heck, you know? I have the same thought, even though I talk about that every now and again, too. But, like, oh, you're, like, basically kind of famous, and, like, you have problems? Like, go <laughs> figure. <you know? laughs>
2: yeah, it's re- it's refreshing, and I think that community aspect is, is really huge, um, and it definitely helps to kind of, like, have that community to go through those things with and have someone you can bounce off ideas with, or even just let them know that you've been struggling in X, Y, or Z. And then to just get that point of relation from the other person of like, oh yeah, like you're not isolated in that. Like that's okay. It's like, not only is it okay to feel that, like it's not, it's not weird by any means. And that's something that a lot of us are experiencing and it actually helps to talk about it together. And so that's, that's cool. I think there's a lot of different ways you're creating community and that's massively important just for like taking care of your mental state. Um, But I would like to ask, because it's it's clear that you take care of yourself physically and then that definitely trickles over into taking care of your mental health as well, but are there any practices that you have that are strictly based off of like taking care of your mental health, like whether it be reading or meditating or any type of mindfulness practice or gratitude or just, are are you doing anything currently in your day-to-day life that is kind of just strictly focused on that mental aspect?
1: I briefly remember you asking Morgan this and stuff too. I should have been more prepared, but <laughs> I would say I would say for me, there's not like I don't have a strict practice, right? But what my physical does is my mental as well. Yep. Um, if I am going, you know, so first off, if I do something versus if I don't do something physical at all, I'm an entirely different person mentally. And then also that is the point in time where like it calms my brain down like if i'm stressed as heck because something's going on and like with real estate right there's everything is good until it's not then it feels like the world's crashing down but when you're able to like take a deep breath and like i'll remove myself and like legitimately just go force myself to go jog it out or something like that i feel so at ease when i'm done with it because whatever it is that rhythmic pattern and just falling into a trance it, it makes you slow down what you're doing and like focus on that um, trail running, I know it sounds so weird, but trail running is actually one of the best ways you can get into your flow state mm. because when, when you're not just on a flat paved road, you have to be present in like what you're looking at. There had been times when I was trail running like you're running downhill and man, there's like rocks and little boulders and this and that, and the ground is super unstable. But if you check out for a second, you'll eat it. And I've definitely done that before. And so that was almost like an immediate way where nature reminded me like, yo, you have to be here now. Otherwise, like you're not gonna make it down this hill without hurting yourself. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I had that realization a long time ago. So at this point, that is part of the reason why I do so much stuff, because that is gonna help me be a, mental, uh, uh, a stronger mentally capable person. Yeah.
0: Optic flow, that baby. makes a
1: ton of sense. Yeah. Right. So
0: that's the, there's
2: actually science behind that that we've talked about. Like there's something that okay. about like yeah. moving through space outside right. that does something mm-hmm. it like makes your eyes focus in a way that creates like um I think dopamine release in your brain and it like ac- actively yeah. combats stressors as well, like stress responses in your brain. Super interesting. Yeah. Andrew Andrew Huberman is a great resource for that kind of stuff, but um
1: yeah, yeah, listen to of stuff
2: um, it's always interesting when you experience something and then you actually hear the scientific background of it too and you're like cuz then it feels more real and you're like oh wow that's not just something i read in a book that's something that i actually that i actually felt um cool no that's really that makes a ton of sense and i think there is such a crossover between the physical practices and kind of that like meditative flow state that um is kind of optimal for mental health as well you look like you got to say, I guess, you have something I to say. There,
1: <laughs> Yeah, there's there's one little mental thing that every now and again I'll remember. Um, and it really is like, I guess, like some breath work things. Mm. Because when I got into the health and wellness space, um, we talked a lot about belly breathing. And then we would do like education modules for like blue collar guys all over the state of California. And so when we taught them, all we talked about was belly breathing and we were doing that stuff. And until now, I haven't really realized it's not as ingrained as I'd want it to be. But when I do, it's like it helps so much just to sit there, make sure you're like focusing on some good belly breathing, closing your eyes. It is like a, a short little box meditation. Like that's the only type of meditating I had known is like little box meditating. Like, you know, you have your five in, five hold, five release, five hold. Like different variations of that has definitely been something I've used when I'm like feeling the the anxiousness come on and the, the nervous energy for sure.
0: That's yeah. yeah. That's a super good point. Like knowing how to control your mind state with like tools or actions or whatever. That's kind of the different Cause we all, like you said, we all face like mental challenges or like stress at some point uh, or another. I just woke up the, I was on a backpacking trip. I got to my campsite and I took a nap for a couple hours and I woke up like 5.00 PM, just like, fucking existential crisis, like freaking out about my life. And I just packed my bag and I got on the trail and started walking. And then I was like, Oh shit, man, like just getting moving. And then I had no stress. All of a sudden I'm just in a fundamentally different mindset. I came back just like literally full of life. And I, I just, I'm thankful, I guess that I was able to like override my like negative thoughts. Um, so it's cool to use exercise that way. And I always I, same thing with mountain biking. You make one mistake on that and you are going down. Uh
1: <laughs> I am not bike like I would love to mountain bike, but it's not like if you're gonna fall mm-hmm. it's when, right? <laughs> Dude, it's
2: scary. I have no idea how Kyle does it's it. Crazy. He just rips down the mountain. Nothing. I'm like more Connor, willing to fall off of cousin. a wave. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, yeah. Yeah. I don't that's a different level, but um yeah. But um that topic of just connecting the breath to basically like your mental coping capacity is really interesting to me as well. And then I also think there's a deep connection there between like athletic output and athletic performance and the, your own ability to control your breath. Um, like nose breathing is something that I've become like really fascinated by recently as well, just because you're actually getting more oxygen into your system. If you breathe through your nose, which feels counterintuitive, but, Apparently that's how it is. And then like, as I've done that more, I start to realize it too. It's like, I do feel more in control of my breath when I'm breathing through my nose. I feel like I'm actually efficiently using it throughout my body better if I'm only intaking it through my nose. Uh, but just that strong, strong connection between the breath and the body and the mental state is just fascinating to me, which is actually a pretty good segue for, to talk about root strength in the, the experiment we've been running yeah, right? <laughs> Dude, you can't say that, though, because now people aren't going to think it. <laughs> um, He's claiming it himself. Yeah. <laughs> <He's self-claiming> it. <laughs> but um, so one of the things that drew me to like mushrooms in the in the first place was specifically the cordyceps mushroom, which helps your body produce more ATP, which is what's responsible for pumping oxygen and energy to your muscles and lung, lungs, especially as you start to work out. And one of the main differences I felt with Root Strength once we created that product and started supplementing it every single day was just my ability to kind of have efficiency of movement and breath throughout very strenuous workouts. Um, and I know M- Morgan actually talked about that a little bit on the on the show last week. But you are also another one of our participants in this brain scan study that we're doing for uh, Root Strength and Shroomy, and I think we're about like a month and a half, maybe two months into it. So basically the premise is that we're doing a brain scan before and then three months after using the products daily, uh, just to see if there's any neurological shifts or anything that we can point to, to say, you know, the brain is functioning in X, Y, or Z ways after, you know, three months of using these products. So I would love to hear a little bit about how that experience has been for you. Um, any, any distinct note differences you've noticed. Um, or just like anything you've noticed in your energy levels or your ability to focus during workouts or just, you know, anything, the floor is yours and I'm, I'm
1: excited to hear a little bit about yeah. it. So, I mean, root strength and go shumi are kind of like the same. Yeah. But we're taking both of them. Um, I've been taking the, the shumi gummies a lot recently too. And I almost use it as like, it, it, it helps click something of, I tell myself it's also going to do something, you know what I mean? And so because I'm taking it, like I, I do feel like it's almost a little, a little kick of focus or a kick of something. And so I'll take it when I go like right before I go biking or right before I go running, I'll, I'll definitely take, um, root strength in the morning, especially before my runs. It's just so much quicker than coffee and things like that too. And I mean, for the most part, my heart rate is nice and low. Um, I'm able to do the same thing. I would say probably within this month and a half, I haven't really been pushing it to the limits the way that I was prior because I'm not marathon training right now. So right now I feel like I'm in this place where I'm just getting more into that routine. And that has been a part of the routine too. So, you know, I'll have some shroomy, go shroomy gummies before I go to the gym. And I even do it like right before I'm going to meet with a client because (laughs) – there, there's just something about it where it does help me feel i had some before this podcast you know there's like there's something that is gonna allow for me to you know just be on my game that much more and um i know we're talking about like the atp and things like that too i will keep you posted on even more updates because i have um on september 11th i'm doing another half iron man it's kind of off the couch not really I have not been training as diligently as I should have been but that was one of my like what's next kind of things and so um yeah just making sure that I'm taking it every single day so one I don't mess up any of the brain scans that are gonna happen <laughs> but I personally yeah it, it's been something that I've been incorporating in my mornings before my runs and such and I like how I feel but I I wouldn't be able to say like it's letting me push that much more or anything at this point because I just haven't. I mean, I'm doing a lot throughout the day, which is good. You know, like like yesterday, I literally went to the gym super early in the morning, went for an afternoon surf, and then I went for a bike ride. Um, I did some work in between the <laughs> there, I promise. Yeah. But it's like it, it just gives you the ability to like keep on going, you know? Right,
2: and that's that's a big piece of it too. Is just like that that steady, long lasting energy and focus versus what you would get from a lot of the other pre-workout stuff that's on the market where it's just like hard peak and then like hard crash as well. And so we're kind of going,
1: that's a, that's a good point.
2: Yeah. So we're going more for that, like long lasting sustained energy and like, kind of like flow state throughout the day versus just that, like, you know, really ramp you up and then, you know, drop you off basically afterwards. So that's good to are hear. Are you taking one
0: or two at scoops? Least, but yeah. How much are you taking? Like, what's the protocol?
1: Um, for me, so with the Run Club, at least when I'm taking it diligently with that, it's it's right before. So I usually I have at least one scoop a day, usually. And then with like the gummies, like I'll have, I probably have too many sometimes. <laughs> but, like, <let's laughs> be real, they still taste good. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's usually a scoop before. Um, If it's early enough, I'll take two scoops. I've done it before. Our Sunday mornings are like our long days. And most of my runs I do, I do fasted just kind of because um, that's just, I feel better. I feel a little bit more focused too. And then, I mean, I guess technically that breaks the fast a little bit having it, but it's enough where- It doesn't, it definitely doesn't do me any harm, Mm -hmm. you
0: know? Yeah, I I take it and don't eat, and I don't notice it like kick my metabolism up or anything like that. And also, dude, between you and me, I have like probably four scoops a day, so you're, you're going to survive. Yeah, I'm up there too. I, I usually
2: take two in the morning and then like another two or two and a half if I'm doing like a big workout or something like that. So feel free to up those numbers if you need. I mean, it definitely, it definitely doesn't hurt. The
1: part, the part of it is like I would, like for me it's like it's more of an enjoyable drink rather than like that pre mm-hmm. workout. You know right. what I mean? Because the taste it tastes like so I've actually done it, might be kinda of weird to you, but instead of like an afternoon coffee, I'll do like this with yep. milk and stuff yep. and like it, it's it tastes so good. But um yeah.
2: <laughs> I make it like a latte actually, like every single morning. I do hot water right. and then like some coconut yep. milk. And then, but you can make it yeah. iced too. Like the the milk makes it like that's super what I did. creamy. It's so nice. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah. Ask. Well, that's you're awesome. A, I'm stoked to you're see. Not a oh, guy,
0: are you? Yeah. Okay. Me. Okay. Just no. I didn't want to drop. Kyle tries.
2: Kyle tries to bring it up every episode. <laughs> Dude, just... He just tries to point to the fact <laughs> that I'm plant based. <laughs> I just had to
1: ask. Oh no, that's okay. I I respect it. I
0: respect we we it. talk about yeah. it a lot. You heard, probably heard it on the last show. But yeah, it's an ongoing joke and. Just whenever I find a like a good athlete who's not plant-based, I would just like to really harp on that. There's obviously great uh, plant-based <laughs> athletes as well. The rest of the rete is all plant-based. So
1: Right. At the <laughs> yeah. end of the day, you know, when it comes to that stuff, um, so my one professor in college that like I absolutely has the most respect of, of mine, he <laughs> we asked him what he eats. The the class it was was diet disease and exercise. And what he would say was I don't eat for taste, I eat for function, and oh. I was like, "Like good for you, sir." And this guy has trained like he's trained like the Arnold Schwarzeneggers. He's trained like so many Mr. Olympias of uh, Olympic cyclists, marathon athletes, like whatever. And the biggest takeaway, at least from that course and things I try to focus on now, is like it's like whole food, plant based diet is really the the piece of it for me. I really just try to focus more on like whole foods. And then, like, plants are there as well. Um, but there's definitely so much research and good stuff about just, like, overall health, not just performance, you know? Totally. Totally. totally.
2: Yeah, it's definitely... I a, got your back. dude. I'm about to pull a <laughs> steak out of the freezer after this and cook it up tonight. I can't wait. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, well, yeah. I mean, this has been great. I feel like we've covered a lot of ground here. And, I mean, uh, there's... I feel like we could talk for hours about all the things you got going on, but we'll have to save it for a different show. But I guess the, one of my final questions too is just, is is what's next for you? Like career wise, athletically, um, the question, anything like what's, what's kind of on your mind about like the, the next two to five years, I would say.
1: Um. So what's next in the next two to five years? Well, like I said, I have that race in a month and that's mm-hmm. like too soon. Um, but I'm not sure, but it's going to be something I haven't done before. You know, I already know that whether, whether or not it's something ridiculous or not, it's like, I have to do it because there's this thing about committing and working towards something that you've never accomplished before. That just unlocks this like next level mindset in your head. And you're like, you know, you're just leveling up and doing different things. And so with work. You know, there's numbers that I want to, like, close and do whatever with that. Um, with Run Club, who knows? Like, I'm excited just, like, the direction and the trajectory it's already been going in. Um, doing more partnerships and collaborations with, like, local businesses, different people. And I feel like that will get a little bit more official as well. And then, yeah, I don't know. We, in the next two to five years, I will probably have done a 50-miler, maybe a 100-miler.
0: You wow. heard it here first.
1: Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I put money on it. <laughs> putting it in
0: words on a podcast is more than putting money on it. And uh, yeah, we, you know.
1: We said two to five years. Like, I'll definitely get that done in two to five years.
0: <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well.
2: Four years, 364 <laughs> days. It's time.
1: <laughs> and then social what's your now. social yep. tag? Um, it's just my name. It's at sun green.
0: We'll keep Keep in touch, son. And I hope this next podcast we do is in person. I'm a strong proponent of in person. Unfortunately, Matthew and I live across state lines. It's not so easy, but, uh, man, thank you so much for coming on. Great to meet you. Great to hear a little bit about your story. Just scratching the surface, but yeah, tons, tons of good stuff to pull from here. I got a freaking notepad. Lots of good bullet points. So, uh, yeah, thanks again, man. And until next time, we're out of here. And oh,
1: If you want to support the Symphony
0: Podcast, you can go to areteadaptogens.com, put in that promo code symphony, get get some of these products we've been talking about, try it out, see what the hype is about. Matthew, you got any final words?
2: That's it. Thanks for being on, son. Good to chat with you a little bit. And um, we're out of here.